Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Julie Caraccio about supporting people in creating the life they choose, deserve, and desire. Caraccio, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's it's a pleasure. I'm excited to have a nice conversation with you. And for those who are joining us on YouTube, you can see Julie's really nice Zen background uh, on her Zoom. For those of you who are um, just joining us on the podcast, you can just envision the most peaceful Zen outdoor setting. And, uh, and that's what Julie has going on in the background. Uh, today we're going to be focusing on something I think is really at the crux of great leadership, and that is supporting your people, supporting people in creating the life they choose, deserve, and desire. And if we see our people as the humans that they are with the complex lives that they live and that they're in need of support and that they need help in discovering, you know, their, their capacities, their capabilities and, and developing into their full potential, if we see that as our role as a leader, then we can start to, to create an environment of support uh, and a culture and dynamic in which people can thrive. And so I think that's uh, what we're going to be focusing on today. As we get started, I wanted to share Julie's bio with everybody. Julie Caraccio is an award-winning professional organizer, author, and certified life coach in Raleigh, North Carolina. She is, a pas- she is passionate about supporting people and creating the life they choose, deserve, and desire. She hosts the popular weekly podcast, Clear Your Clutter Inside and Out. She is passionate about supporting you in getting organized and clearing clutter so you can share your gifts with the world. Uh, and Julie, I also have to say, uh, I don't know if, if your podcast is one that my wife follows, uh, but my wife is big into uh, minimalism and decluttering right now. And so she very well may uh, be following you. I hope so. And if not, you're going to have to tell her, check it out. <laughs> very good. Anything else you would like to share with us by way of background or personal context before we really dive on in? No, let's dive on in. Let's get started. Okay, very cool. So maybe I'll, I'll ask you the question um, because I do like to see where people are coming from, you know, as they find themselves in this space. Um, but what got you excited about working with people, coaching individuals and helping them to, to discover and then lean into that life that they choose, deserve and desire? Well, I started my business in 2009 and I was in, I had moved from Los Angeles to Raleigh and I was in a job where I wasn't happy. And I said, I've got to do something. I said, I don't want to go to another business. What can I do that I can make money, but that I'll 
support people and make a difference. And so I came up with organizing. And so my business at first was called Healing Through Organization. And I changed my business name, which I never, ever recommend. It ended up being okay, but it was a long process. So anyway, while doing this, I was doing an internet TV show and interviewing people called Reawaken Your Brilliance. And then I worked with this client and had this a huge aha moment. It wasn't about organizing. It was about clearing the clutter. And so that was kind of on the path. For me to say, okay, you've got to get coaching and get certified and do this because that's what it's about. And it's more about getting to the roots because when we organize, it's a little less, it's a little more surface, not to say that that's always the case, but clearing the clutter for me, I found is really where we get our hands mucky and dirty and do the real work. Yeah, I think so. And well, it, the, one of the things I really like about minimalism and decluttering um, is that the principles, well, well, you know, like I, I mentioned my wife, she's focusing on decluttering the physical stuff in our life, right? And, and, uh, and going about, you know, our home and, and determining what's important, what's not important, what is a priority, what's not, etc. But the same principles apply in other aspects of our life, whether we're talking about the crap that we just uh, bring along with us from home to home, uh, as we go, go into adulthood, or we're talking about the emotional baggage that we carry around with us, uh, or, you know, from an organizational perspective, you know, the, the glut of bureaucracy and policies and procedures and just the traditions that might have served a purpose at one point in time, but don't anymore. Uh, we need to consistently go through the process, whether it's the physical stuff or it's the emotional, mental, psychological stuff, whatever. We have to continually go through the process of just weeding through all of that and getting rid, you know, keeping the good stuff and getting rid of everything else. Think about someone you haven't forgiven and think about how much space that person is taking in your head. And if it's the same principle, and I, first of all, I love that example of organizational like procedures and policy. Ah, oh, that's brilliant. Cause I thought that's something I haven't thought about, but if you don't heal that, then it continues to build just like the physical clutter. And that doesn't allow you to be the best version of yourself. And, you know, so many times we're taught, you know, read and write and arithmetic, but we're not taught to deal with our emotions. I mean, look at our country as it is. I just feel like things are so crazy right now because we're not taught to heal. We're not taught to clear our clutter and things like emotions are seen as taboo. And what a world, different world we'd live in if we could focus on that. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, we're so dysfunctional uh, as a society right now in terms of um, our ability to communicate and to dialogue and the the emotional trauma that people feel. And I don't want to diminish or belittle, you know, any anyone for that trauma. I mean, there's very good reasons why people, you know, have that trauma. But uh, but you know, as we're as we're thinking about how we can move forward in a healthy way. It's, it's, you know, it's why people go to therapy, right? You, you learn how to process mm -hmm. the, the trauma, you learn how to deal with the baggage, and then you, you get tools that allow you to move forward in a healthy way, right? And the same thing applies in the workplace. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm an HR person, I, I'm a professor, I, I do consulting work, I'm an HR professional. And, you know, I, I joke because most of my family are social workers and therapists mm -hmm. and I'm kind of the odd duck. I'm the odd one out, but I kind of do the same thing. I just do it within an organizational setting. Right. And, mm -hmm. and it really is the same thing. When we sit around 
you know, at holidays when we get all, when we all get together and we talk about stories about work, you know, we're talking about the same kind of stuff. It's just in a different context. And within the workplace, those same types of issues emerge consistently. Workplace relationships are the number one reason why people either love their job and stay or hate their job and leave, right? And mm-hmm. so we, we need to learn how to work better together and to disagree uh, in ways that are healthy and can actually move us forward rather than uh, completely undermine everything we're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. So think about a situation where you're in a workplace and you don't get the promotion. Maybe they bring out someone from the outside or another worker gets promoted. You can choose to feel like a victim. Well, I didn't get hired because the manager doesn't like me. It, you know, it has nothing to do with me. It's the other person. Or you can say, how can I turn this around? Why didn't I get hired? And ask in a professional way, what skills do I need to do to go to the next level? And so if you're carrying that clutter of being a victim, it's going to keep you stuck. But if you can switch that thinking, okay, this job wasn't meant for me. I have a sign in my office that says nothing that is for you goes by you. And that's one thing that I constantly tell myself, especially when I'm disappointed or upset. So you have the choice. And you know, when we talk about creating the life you desire is very purposeful because words have power and they have energy and they set the intention. So you have the choice to stay as a victim or you have the choice to how can I improve this? What can I learn? And what can I do to take action and move forward? All up to you. It's your choice. Yeah. And I admit I've been there uh, probably a lot listening have been there where you're passed over for something and it, it, you know, in your mind, it doesn't make any sense. Um, You feel cheated. You feel Mm -hmm. taken advantage of whatever, right? Like there are reasons why people feel that way. And I can think to some of my own um, experiences where I've had to deal with that professionally. And, you know, to this day, I feel like, you know, they probably made the wrong decision, but, you know, that's my right to feel that way. But if I'm stuck and ruminating on that every day, it's just been going to halt any progress that I might make. And the reality is, as I look back, uh, there's a couple key points in my career I can look back on where there was an inflection point and mm-hmm. I could have gotten the, the job that I wanted. I thought I wanted at the time, but for whatever reason, I didn't. And I was upset at the time, but you know what? Years later, I look back and I, I see what I was able to do because I wasn't in that job. And I'm so glad I didn't get that job. <laughs> um, it completely changed the trajectory that I was on and things, you know, in, in hindsight, I look back and I'm like, things worked out way better for me than they would have if I had ended up in that position. And so, like you said, you know, sometimes the way the universe works, who knows, like, but things tend to work out uh, if we can be patient and lean into the discomfort. I, the last job I had before starting my own business was the craziest play. We needed someone like you. They didn't have an HR person. I was being gaslit every day. Within two weeks, I was like, this is a mistake. And that's in quotes, because I don't believe there are mistakes if lessons are learned. And, but that motivated me to start my own business. Had I never had that experience? Because I thought life can't be any crazier than this. If I, you know, fail at business and I'll just get another job, but had they not been so crazy, I wouldn't have had the courage to start my own business. I used to be deathly afraid of public speaking. Now I get paid to speak. So all those things, it wasn't a mistake. I can say in gratitude, thank you for being so nuts and treating me so poorly because you gave me the courage to take this leap of faith. I'm excited to announce 
the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Yeah, and that's a great way to to look at it. Um, it. It shows that you have a growth mindset, and you see, you know, the obstacles and the difficulties as an opportunity to grow and 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 you know springboard into the next the next thing in life. Uh, and I guess the question becomes, you know, as as I think back to your bio, I think about that line uh, about you know really helping uh, creating the uh, helping your people create the life they choose, deserve, and desire. Like you said, words have meaning. There's there's a reason why you chose those that specific phrase, and and I keep thinking about you know what can I do as a leader? How can I create an environment, a context, and support my people in such a way that they're able to do that? Um, and I think that's what leaders need to be able to do. They need to be able to create that environment. What has been your experience in trying to you know either through coaching or through leadership roles you've had in trying to help others develop that for themselves? I believe that you need to heal. It's been my experience that that it's like the victim mentality that I just talked about a moment ago. How can you turn it around? It's becoming self-aware and then taking action to create change. So, and doing it from a place of compassion and love and not making yourself right or wrong and not making the person I'm working with right or wrong. How can we learn from this? How can we grow? And then I also believe that we each individually have all the answers we need within. So I see my job as supporting people and teasing that out. I don't know what's best for you, but I can support you in figuring out what's best. And I believe that we're either coming from a place of fear or we're coming from a place of love. And I think for me, fear would be boiled down to not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy enough, or not feeling loved. And so when we tackle those, that usually that we're at the root there when we're dealing with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think everyone needs to heal. Um, I, I'm not sure I know any adult <laughs> who hasn't had their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people are really good at putting on a facade yeah. and making it look like, you know, everything's wonderful in their life. And, you know, some people have different, we all have different forms of privilege. I'm, I'm a middle-aged straight cisgender white dude, you know, I have a lot of privilege. So a lot of things, you know, and lots of opportunities because of that privilege, that doesn't mean I don't have stuff and I don't have hard things and you have that stuff and everyone does. So it's just different. And it's usually below the surface and people can't see it because we often don't let people in. We put up walls. 
um, but we all have it. And so if I'm a leader, I, you know, I, I, I should assume uh, that, that people have their hard things that they're trying to deal with. Uh, and I, and I hopefully can create an environment of psychological safety where people yeah. feel that they can trust me. Um, and, and that I can create a supportive environment where I'm going to help them explore their capabilities, where I'm going to help them explore, you know, their desires and explore mm-hmm. their, their underlying, you know, foundational meaning purpose that will help them, you know, have fulfillment in their work and, and lean into their own discomfort to, to drive their future successes. Um, but that can only happen as we start to deal with the 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 discomfort the the trauma the the difficulties the challenges that we have and i suppose even shift our mindset towards uh just a recognition that life is a mess you know life is life is messy it's chaotic um you know i'm a big believer that there there are very few easy simple answers most Mm -hmm. most of the the most challenging um problems in society in organizations and relationships they're, they're nuanced, right? They're not mm-hmm. easy. Otherwise they wouldn't exist. People would have solved them. Um, and so it just takes consistent effort, uh, consistent self-reflection, uh, consistent mindfulness, and, and just being able to sit with yourself to be able to discover those things. And so, you know, again, my job as a leader is to try to help create that environment for my people. And you can, I love that at the beginning you said about described yourself because you still have your challenges. And I think compassion, self-compassion is lacking for many of us, compassion in society because we become so black and white. And when I was younger, I used to definitely see the world as black and white and it's more gray now. But to be able to say, because you're X, Y, and Z, you can't have anything bad or you don't have your challenges and struggles. If we all just took a moment to step back and say, you know, I'm thinking of someone that I'm really frustrated. I live in an HOA, worst mistake ever, never, ever buy in an HOA if you take anything away from this podcast. But what I come back is, you know what? They're coming from a place of pain. They don't feel they have any power in their life. So this is their way to gain power. Why it's great. I mean, why it's not great. I can still have that moment to step back. And I just want to add here that you can have compassion and still have loving boundaries because being compassionate and being a good leader doesn't mean taking abuse. And I think that sometimes people need to hear that, you know, that there's a difference with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think about the most difficult people that I've ever encountered in my life and, you know, there's actually one or two that I would say, like, if I really had to think about the most horrible person I've ever like directly encountered, you know, there, there's a couple that had come to mind and they were, they were hard, abusive people. Um, chances are they had their own trauma that drove them to be that way. Um, but the reality is the vast majority of people that have hurt me in my life, they probably didn't even realize, you know, they're a blip on my consciousness, you know, like they, 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 they're going about their lives. Maybe they did something or they said something that was inconsiderate or that, that harmed me in some way. Chances are they didn't intend it. Didn't even know they did it. Uh, they most, I'm a believer that most people have good intentions and, and, you know, are, are, they're, they're just kind of working their way through this messy life, just like the rest of us. And, and people, you know, put their foot in their mouth, they, they make mistakes. And so, you know, if we can just be generous with people, mm-hmm. um, show that compassion, recognize, you know, even the harshest interaction we might have with somebody on a given day, 
you know, we don't know what they've been dealing with. Maybe, maybe they just had the hardest day of their life. And we just happened to be the person that crossed their path and they kind of blew up at us, you know, but they may be a a completely lovely person (laughs) and, and they just, they just need a little bit of generosity. I'm perfectly imperfect. And I try to see everyone else is the same way. Well, I I think that's excellent. Um, That's, and that's a really good takeaway. So what else, um, could you say by way of suggestion for leaders um, who are trying to create this, this healthy environment for their people? Uh, again, with, with the verbiage you use, you know, everyone needs to choose their own path. Uh, and there, I'm a believer that there's no correct one path, even though society tends to, to frame success in one particular way. But we all, we all need to find our own path certainly we all deserve it. We all deserve happiness. Mm-hmm. We all des- deserve fulfillment. Um, and, and sometimes we talk about the difference between wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you use the term desire. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, it's good. That's a good thing for us to chase our desires, to chase our wants. It's not just about Maslow's hierarchy and just mm-hmm. meeting your, your base needs. Um, you know, most of us probably pretty much everyone listening to this, probably is past, you know, Maslow's hierarchy, the, at least those bottom layers, mm-hmm. you know, you have your needs met, um, your physical needs met. And, and now it's, it's about finding meaning and purpose and fulfillment throughout the rest of your life. And many people, you know, find themselves deep into their career, deeply unhappy, mm-hmm. deeply unsatisfied, because they followed a path that they felt was prescribed for them by you know, maybe their parents, maybe their teachers, you know, what society at large, what they thought was expected of them. And then at some point they wake up and they realize, oh my goodness, I hate this, or this isn't for me. Um, So, so what, what would you say to individuals as they're trying to wrestle with that and figure out what they actually choose? Well, I always take it back. What excited you as a child? If you're really kind of like, I just have no idea what got you excited as a child. I think that that's a first stepping stone for you to think, okay, I really enjoyed that. Or what have you always wanted to try? You know, what do you think would get you really excited? And the other thing I think for leaders, it's important to know is hold a space for people to create the life they desire. You can say, Hey, what is it that you want out of life? And how can we figure out how to get you there? And by the same token, if someone's not a good fit in the organization, how can we either move you to something that is a good fit or help you go go on to another place where you would be happy? I think it's also important to recognize that, you know, not everyone's the great fit for someone. And so how can we say, hey, hasta la vista and enjoy the next thing? Or how can we help you grow within our whatever we're doing, whether it's a company, whether it's, you know, a volunteer organization, but having and holding the space for that and doing it from a place of compassion and being part of their success. Yeah, I love that. Well, Julie, it has really been a pleasure. Uh, The time has really flown by, uh, but I do want to be mindful of your time and want to make sure that I allow you to get back to your busy day. But before we close, Uh, I just want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about um, the work that you're doing, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Okay. You can find more information at reawakenyourbrilliance.com. Got linked to social media. You can sign up for my interview, my podcast, or for my newsletter. 
Clear Your Clutter Inside and Out, you can find anywhere. And all my books are available on my site, Amazon, and Google Play. I would like to leave your audience with this. No matter what, you are good enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. And if you remember that, I think that you'll be well on your way to healing yeah. and creating the life you desire. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Um, we we Unfortunately, we often forget those very basic principles, and uh, that, that will take us a long way. Well, Julie, thank you so much. It has really been a pleasure. I appreciate all of your insights and sharing your, your experience, your wisdom with me and with all of the listeners. Uh, and I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Julie can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.